uh, you know, we, get, we get pressure from, uh, from our coaches, uh, students, you may have pressure from coaches, we want to try to, want to, try to please, uh, please our coaches. We also get pressure at school, and even may have feel pressure here at church, and we're always asking people to serve, always asking people to, to, uh, to serve in their strengths, and, uh, and so you, you have all kinds of pressures around you, and all kinds of people trying to pull you here and there, and I, I tell you what, it can easily throw you off balance. And mix that in with the fact that there's a lot of sin in this world, and that sin is very accessible in our life. Throw that in there, and to try to walk in this life. By the way, we're never going to walk perfect. I'm not perfect. Everybody sins. But to be able to walk in this life, trying to be the best person God designed you to be, with the power of the Holy Spirit in your life, when, once you ask Jesus to live in your life, to be Lord of your life, having to balance that is, is crazy. And so people have a couple of different approaches. You could, you could do one or two things. You could sort of walk through life with all these, these pressures and everything trying to pull at you to try to throw you off balance. You could walk in this life uh, trying to please everybody, saying no Saying no is not something that comes out of your mouth much. You're, you're constantly agreeing, hey, yeah, I can be a part of that. Yeah, I can do that. Yeah, that's no problem. In fact, some people get to the point to where they even crave the attention of wanting to be someone who, who is helpful. Hey, pat on the back, at a boy, at a girl, thanks for helping, thanks for getting the job done. And so... You could walk through this life in this tightrope life trying to please everybody, being a people pleaser. Or you can walk through this life just basically withdrawing. So you know what? I'm, I'm not, I'm not going to please anybody. I'm, not gonna, I'm just going to... Uh, I'm not going to sign up for anything. I'm not going to be involved. I, I'm, I'm basically quitting at some of my, uh, at my relationships, uh, I'm just gonna uh, go be a hermit somewhere. And I, I'm, I don't really need people. I can just sort of go into this, this fantasy world where I can live my life through the, through the eyes of other people, either through uh, television, uh, movies, entertainment. You know, I can escape. You know, it's amazing how people, how much people, and I'm guilty of this as well, but as you, when you stop and see how many people are looking down at their phones, and the crazy the ones that are driving. <laughs> but when you, when, uh, yesterday, uh, one of, uh, uh, actually, a lot of our, our kids uh, got a haircut um, uh, yesterday, and uh, Angie Tucker is, uh, is uh, our, our hairstylist, so I recommend Angie, she's awesome. As she cuts a lot, a lot of y'all's hair. And, um, yep, it's right over here. And so we send, we just like send all of our kids. It's almost like babysitting. Hey, Angie, just look after our kids, you know, and just like, um, you know, cut, cut all their hair. But so I was, I was at the, um, at the sort of haircut place. And so I was kind of watching people. I like to people watch sometimes. And it's amazing. Nobody was looking up. Nobody. Everybody was staring at their phone. And I was like, man, it looks like me. <laughs> I'm a, I do that a lot. And so we, we sort of escape into this sort of fantasy 
uh, world where it's, we kind of escape from reality. And so we, we, don't say, uh, we don't say yes to hardly anything except for things that we just want to do, almost a sort of a, in a selfish kind of way. And, and it's easy to get to that point. Maybe you've been, maybe you've been uh, scarred in life. Or, or uh, I know many people experience this with church. They feel they, they've gone to a church and they've served, and then they, they felt like, you know, um, jaded in some way or, or not valued in some way. Or maybe they were a yes person to everything, and they just got burnt out. And so they're just like, man, forget it. I'm, I'm not doing anything. So you could do one or two things. You could say yes to everything, or you could just walk through life and not really using your gifts, not doing anything, not really involved in relationships. Just do whatever you want. Now, those two things don't bring balance in your life. And so that is not the biblical way for us to handle those things. The, the answer is balance. So hyperactivity and withdrawal are really not the answers. Hyperactivity and withdrawal is really not the answer. You know, it's, it's, almost, like, it's almost like tire pressure. When you put pressure in your tire, when you put air in your tires, you have a certain amount of pressure. Well, if that pressure is positive or negative, so many ounces, it's going to have an effect on how your car drives. If, you're, if you're, uh, the pressure in your tire is, is low, then it's going to, to turn a certain way. Or if it's, or if it's too high, you, you, know, you, might, you might feel everything in the road. Um, it'd be too bumpy. So even just a few ounces of air in a tire will not bring balance to that tire. The same way with, with our life as well. I know we feel lots of pressure in our life. There's lots of pressure, and you cannot say no to the pressure. The pressure is always going to be there. And trust me, as, as a husband and as a father of six kids and lots of, lots of people pulling my way, I feel lots lots of pressure but it's how we handle that pressure and i'm here to say i have not i have not mastered this at all in fact this sermon really is as much as me for me as it is for you but i really feel like as i talk to people in our church i really feel like man i just see balance in my life so during this series over the next few weeks we're going to look at how we're going to bring biblical balance to our life. How to bring biblical balance to our life. Because here's what I know. What I know is this, and I'm speaking personally. When things are out of balance, then you have an unhealthy lifestyle. Things are not healthy in your life. Think about it. Like food. If you're not really having, having a good balanced diet and you don't, you don't have that good balanced diet for a long time, it affects you physically, and you could eventually get sick. Uh, the same way could go uh, with your schedule. If you have an unbalanced schedule and you're not getting the right amount of sleep, it's going to affect you, um, and, and you will have, um, you, you have a, a tendency to get sick. So there's areas in our life relationally, 
financially, all kinds of areas in our life where, where we can easily move into an unhealthy state. And that's not God's plan for us. That is not God's plan for you. So we need to have balance physically, emotionally, intellectually, physically. Well, Jesus showed us that balance. Jesus had that balance in Luke chapter 2, verse 52. In Luke chapter 2, verse 52, and if you have your copy of God's Word, I encourage you to do that. We have it on the screen. And I said this last week, I uh, encourage you to download the Bible app, Version Bible app. You can look at all kinds of stuff. They've actually revamped it, and you can do all kinds of uh, um, prayer requests and so on and so forth. But in Luke chapter 2, verse 52, it says this, And Jesus grew in wisdom in stature, and in favor with God and man. So Jesus grew in wisdom and in stature and in favor with God and man. Now, that, that is the only picture. That is the only verse that we have between age 12 and age 30 of Jesus. Now, personally, I would like to have a little bit more information that Jesus went. I would like to have, how did Jesus handle the teenage years? I mean, <laughs> I mean, come on, Jesus, give, give us some information. How did, you, how did you handle the teenage years? Right? Uh, how, how, how did he handle things when, you know, he was a carpenter? You know, I'm sure he hammered his thumb multiple times. How did he deal with that? You know? The Son of God? Sinless man? Don't you ever wonder that? I've always wondered that. I wish he would give us more than just he grew in wisdom and stature and a favor with God and man. That's it. Well, those, that verse and those components of that verse, we can see, we can see some things in there. We can see balance. He grew in wisdom intellectually. Okay? He didn't just grow in, um, in just a certain skill of, of carpentry. He grew in wisdom, learning what was in the Scripture, in the prophets, in the Torah, the first five books of the Bible, in, in what was written in, in the book of Isaiah and those other prophets. He also grew in stature. Obviously, he, he grew up, okay? He was a carpenter. He was probably pretty fit, and he uh, had to haul some lumber around, and he had a very active job. But the next two components, he grew in favor with God and man. Those are another components that, that Jesus chose by choice. He grew in favor with God, his Father, and with others. So Jesus had balance. Jesus grew up and had balance in his life. So as we walk through this series, there's some principles that you and I are going to have to learn in this series. Now, what I'm going to talk about today are three components that will help us to start this balance, the beginning of balance. There's three components that I'm going to talk about today, and we're going to, uh, we're going to include those components as we walk through um, the next few weeks of how to have a balanced life in this uneven world. So the first thing is this, in order to uh, have balance in your life, you have to discover your purpose. You have to discover your purpose. Why am I here? 
Now that right there is a loaded question. Why on the earth, why on earth am I here? Why did I land up on this earth? Why did I, uh, why do, am I here at my job? Why am I at the school that I'm at? Why am I in, in the United States? Why, you know, why did I end up here and not somewhere else? Why am I here? We got to find the purpose. What is your purpose? So we can find God's purpose that's hidden in God's words. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to share with you a, a few scriptures. We're going to just look at those real quickly. And those scriptures, I encourage you, uh, you can write those down or the YouVersion Bible app. They're, they're right there. You can look at those for later. Uh, but uh, we have a few scriptures that talk about the purpose um, uh, for our lives. In Romans 14, 8, it says, If we live, we live for the Lord. And if we die, we die for the Lord. So whether we live or die, we belong to the Lord. That last phrase is the key phrase. We belong to the Lord. We belong to God. God made us. We belong. We belong to Him. And so we've got to walk in this life with the... Um, not only do we belong in here, but with, with the obligation that we, our lives are to live for him. We belong to him. It's almost like, almost like uh, those, people, those soldiers who signed up for the armed forces. Um, when you sign up for the armed forces, you, uh, you, you're owned by them. <laughs> you know, they tell you what to do, and you do it. So let's say if you signed up for the Navy. They, uh, they tell you what to do, and they train you, and you are obligated to to follow them. But what's really interesting is that whenever many men and women get out of the service, for those who do, many of them are, uh, most of them, I would imagine, are, are still so committed to their country. They're so committed to their country. Why? Because it's in the DNA of who they are as a person, how they were trained. And, and how they served and how they fought. And when you fight for something, when you protect something, then you want to do everything you can uh, to, to uh, be obligated to them for the rest of your life. And so just like being a believer in Jesus Christ, we belong to God. And so we want to do everything we can to live a life in honor of Him. In 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 19 through 20, it says, do you not know that your bodies are temples of the Holy Spirit? Now, for those who've accepted Christ as Savior, who is in you, whom you have received from God, you are not your own. You were bought at a price. Therefore, honor God with your bodies. We're to honor God with our bodies, with, with what we do in our life, with, uh, with how we treat uh, this life that God has given to us. We belong to God. In Philippians chapter 2, verse 12 through 13, therefore, my dear friends, as you have always obeyed, not only in my presence, this is Paul talking, the apostle Paul, but, how, but now much more in my absence, continue to work out your salvation with fear and trembling. For, and here's a key part, for it is God who works in you to will and to act in order to fulfill his good purpose. He even says God works within us to act out what his purpose is, what his will is, not, not only for him, but for you. 
And so we belong to God. It is for uh, our purpose that we live our life for him. In 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 31. So whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, do it all for the glory of God. That is our purpose. Everything we do, we want to do all for the glory of God. Now, this doesn't mean that you have to go surrender your life to missions or go plant a church or whatever. It means whatever you do right now, whether you're in school, if you're a student, you know, uh, whether middle school or high school, and uh, I, I think most of our elementary kids are gone, but I know elementary kids can, can be a part of uh, Bible clubs and, and, and groups like that. Adults, where you work, you can honor God with your life. Do everything you do for the glory of God. When you make that sale, uh, when you make that great sale at your company, do it all for the glory of God, not for your glory. When you finish that project at work, do it all for God's glory. Give God the glory when it's done. Let your coworkers see that and let God see that. Students, when you, when you, uh, Uh, Finish a game, a football game, whether you win or lose, you do it all for the glory of God. Everything we do, that is our purpose. And last verse on this about our purpose, but seek first in Matthew chapter 6, verse 33. But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you as well. You know, our purpose is, our purpose is not, on this earth, our purpose is not to, to make a lot of money. Our purpose is not to have an incredible career. Our purpose is not to be famous. I would even venture to say our purpose in this life is not to find love and have a family and raise kids and end up retiring. That is not our purpose. It's so much deeper than that. Now, those things are I'm not saying don't do those things. I mean, you want, you want to have a great life. There's nothing wrong with being successful, yes. But what I'm saying is this, and what I, I'm not really saying, I'm just repeating what God's Word says. When we know our purpose in this life, then everything else will line up. We cannot have balance in our life unless you know your purpose. And your purpose in life is to live for God, give your life for Him, Seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and everything else is going to be taken care of. That's it. Our purpose in our life. To know God and glorify him with your life, when you get that straight, everything else will fall in line. So not only are we to know our purpose, we are to establish some priorities. That's the second main point. So we are to know our purpose understand our purpose, and we are to establish some priorities in our life. And what that means is this. God has given you, God has gifted you with certain abilities, okay? Once you know your purpose and that you do everything for the glory of God, then you could take those abilities that God has given to you and use it for his glory. There are people, and I've been guilty of this in the past, there are people in the, that walk in this life that they're operating outside of their giftedness and outside of, of, of what, they're, what they really, really were designed to do in this life. And so you want to do everything you can to, um, to zero in on your certain interests, 
your talents and your abilities. Well, Frank, I don't have any talents. I don't have any abilities. When I say talent, I don't mean what you do here on this, on this platform. That's not what I'm talking about. Abilities or talents is what God has given each and every one of you. Maybe you're really good with numbers and you love numbers and you love crunching numbers. But then you go work and you get a job and, you know, just doing a garden. That's great. But unless you're incorporating numbers in your, in your garden, you're not going to really fulfill your purpose. You know, or maybe you're someone who likes, the, who likes the outdoors. You like doing things outside. And you're kind of stuck in a job behind a desk and you're crunching numbers and you hate numbers. You don't like it. You're not really fulfilling your purpose. You know what? Uh, I meet many teachers. I'm a former educator uh, myself. And, and I loved teaching in the classroom. In fact, I believe that... Um, I was able, I'm able to stand before you today because I got a lot of practice standing in front of kids every day for 12 years trying to communicate to junior high kids, some middle school kids. And, and, uh, and so as I talk to middle school kids on their level, some of you are like, hey, that's kind of my level too. We're good. All right. We're good with that. But, but I loved doing that. It was my sweet spot. I loved it with a passion. But I also met some teachers who were like, man, they would just sit behind their desk. They wouldn't do anything. They wouldn't do any extra thing for the kids. They treated the kids awful. And I just wanted to go up to them and say, get out. Get out. You don't belong here. <laughs> you, you don't, this doesn't interest you at all. It doesn't interest you at all. Get out. You're not fulfilling your purpose that God has designed you to be. Now, I'm not saying teachers don't have bad days. I had bad days. But I'm talking about the consistent behavior of of some teachers just use that as an example and so you need to find you need to make priority to find out what are my gifts you need to ask these questions what are my gifts what are the specific talents and interests that God has put into my life how can I use these to fulfill his purpose for me and for this world so many there are many great things that we could be doing there's lots of great things we could do. But here's the deal. Some of you could be in a place in your life where you're doing some good things, but you're not doing the best thing. The thing that you think about. The thing that keeps you awake at night thinking about it. Not in a troubling sort of way, but in an exciting sort of way. What are you doing in your life that, that is, is interests you? So my encouragement to you is to do not just what's good, but what's best. So priorities have to be set when the choice is between what is good and what is best, between what, we, what, will, benefit, what will be beneficial and what is actually. So let me explain. So as you're trying to decide, okay, what, is this just something that will, that will uh, benefit some people? And that, I mean, that's good and all, but if you're, if you're filling your life with things that are just going to benefit others, then you're, you're not really setting priorities. Your priorities should be around your interests and your abilities. I, I'm, I'm uh, doing a couple of projects uh, myself right now that uh, outside of work that deals with ministry, and, and I'm kind of caught in this like, all right, I'm, I'm doing a lot of extra stuff here, and I need to kind of say, all right, here's kind of where, where I'm drawing the line. 
and, and I've got to start saying no to some of those things because what's happening is it's, it's causing uh, other effects in my life. I'm just being honest with you. And so, uh, and the thing, extra things I'm doing, it's not that they're bad. In fact, they're good things. They're actually ministry things. But it's taken away, and, it's, and, and I'm kind of hitting the outer target of my purpose, but I'm not hitting the bullseye. And I've realized that as I've prepared for the series. So I've got to make changes myself. You could be sitting there today. Think, yeah, you're right. I'm not hitting the bullseye. What do I need to cut out of my life? What do I need to cut out of my life? So setting priorities helps you trim down your involvement to a reasonable level. Taking down your involvement to a reasonable level. But let me tell you something. If, if you don't take charge, if you don't, if you don't zero in, somebody else will. If you don't take charge of, of what you can do, what you say no to, somebody else will. And before you know it, you're living this life just doing random things. Can I tell you something? When you find your purpose, when you narrow down your, your priorities, you can be free from guilt. You can be free from guilt from saying no. You can say, well, my purpose is to give God the glory with my life. My purpose is to love God with all I, ha with all I have, with my whole heart, soul, and mind, and strength. And as I walk in this life, I'm going to zero in on the things that really matter, that really uh, appeal to my interests. And I'm not talking about selfishness. I'm, you still need to serve others, yes. But I'm talking about the things that you really, really love to do, what God's designed you to do. And then when you can set those things, those priorities, you can say no without feeling guilty. You can say, you know what? That's really not for me. Or you can say, you know what? That really doesn't interest me, but maybe I can help you find somebody who could do that. Or that doesn't, you know, uh, that's above my pay grade, <laughs> you know, or those kinds of things. Or, or I just simply this, I just don't have time for that. Or that's outside of my purpose. And so to find that balance, we've got to understand our purpose and establish those priorities. And the last thing is this. We've got to have a plan. In order to have balance in your life, we've got to set a plan. We would never have balance if we understand what we need to do, but if we don't do it. We've got to set a plan in place. So as you have identified your priorities, these are the things I'm going to do, and these are the things I'm not going to do, and so I... I'm going to set a plan on how to arrive on that. As I was preparing this sermon, I'm thinking, man, there are some, there are some plans in place that I'm going to start implementing as early as this week to get me moving those other things that are causing me not to live in my sweet spot, what I'm supposed to do. You could be in the same situation. So create that plan. Nothing is going to happen until you make it happen. Nothing is going to happen until you make it happen. And it's so easy to just let life just fly by. Before you know it, your kids are grown, and you live your life with an agenda filled with urgent little needs from other people. 
So, you want to do everything you can to set that plan. If you can't get everything done, it's because you are trying to do more than God wants you to do. Now, that sentence may have just gone inside one ear and out the other. I want you to focus on this one. Listen very carefully. If you can't get everything done, it is because you are trying to do more than God wants you to do. See, that hits me right here. I don't know about you. That hits me right here. So if you can't get everything done, and I'm not saying your, your to-do list is going to be complete at, I mean, at, the, at the end of the week. It's, I mean, it's okay to have some, some things you just, don't, you just may not be able to finish, but I'm talking about the, the, the things that it's like, man, this has to be done or other things won't happen. Those kinds of things. And if you just can't get it all done, it means that you are trying to do more than what God wants you to do. You have to have balance. Understand your purpose. Understand your, pri- your priorities. And you want to make a plan. Write it down. Begin by saying no. Make time for the more important things. Begin by saying no to some of those things. Now, you're going to say no to some things that are really good in your life. You're going to say no to people that have been around with you for a lot of your life. You're going to say no to some good friends. And, and what I mean by saying no is like you're going to have to spend less time hearing their drama. All right? Well, that takes a lot of time. Or it could be saying, all right, I'm going to say no to social media for a while. Or I'm going to limit that to a, a, a limited time uh, throughout the week or throughout the day. I'm not saying you need to shut off from the world. But, but you've got to, we have to, look at what is encompassing of our time and say, all right, I'm going to start with some things that are pretty easy. I'm going to say no to that. No to that, no to this. And so um, we have got to establish that plan. So the earth right now is moving and it's spinning. And if the earth were to get off balance just a little bit, from its orbit would all die. It would, it would go somewhere else in space. We would, we would uh, the temperature would go to major extremes between the winter and the, uh, and the summer. We'd see extremes in that. We'd see lots of extremes on this earth and, and eventually we would die. If it just gets off balance just a little bit, the same can be said for our life. When we get off balance, we can be out of control. We can have an out-of-controlled life. So we want to make sure that God is our balance. In, first, uh, in, uh, in Colossians, in Colossians chapter 1, verse 17, He, 
God is above all things, and in him all things hold together. In God, all things hold together. God, the creator of the universe, has established balance in his creation. He wants to establish balance in you as his creation. He wants to establish balance in your life as well. And I know you have experienced imbalance in your life. We all have. And so God wants to, to bring that balance in your life. Some examples of, of, um, of results of balance. I wrote a few of these down. When your life is in balance, you will find more contentment and you will be more confident. You will find more contentment. If you're dissatisfied with things, it's because you're, things are out of balance. Things are out of control. When you, will be, when you have balance, you will be free to be yourself and not as pressured by the expectations of other people. You will be controlled by the expectations. Now, you have to meet some expectations, your job and those kinds of things, your teachers, your coaches. But you won't be controlled by those things. You'll be free to be yourself. If you have balance, you will have direction, and your life will take on new energy as it finds an explosive power from a new direction. You will have new direction in your life when you have balance. When you have balance, you won't repeat the same old mistakes and spend your time and effort on things that do not ultimately matter. Some of the things that just don't matter in this life. It just doesn't matter. Let it go. Let it go. Uh, you will, when you have balance, you will enjoy life more. Who doesn't want to enjoy life more? We all want to enjoy life. You will enjoy life more when you have balance. When you have balance, you will grow closer to God, and your relationship with God will be richer. When you have balance, people will take priority. People in your life will take priority over things in your life. Your people, the most important people in your life, will take priority over things in your life. I said that because I needed to hear that twice. Balance. When you have balance, God's will for your life will take priority over your own selfish plans. So in this series, in this series, those principles of understanding your purpose, setting your priorities of your interests and how God designed you to be, and making a plan are three principles we're going to, you're going to hear those throughout as we talk specifically about certain specific areas about how to bring balance in your life. Balance is huge. And the only way you can have balance is when God is in control of your life. When you seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, that's where balance happens. When you give God full control, God, I cannot do balance on my own. I'm messing it up. I need you in my life. I need you to bring peace in my life. I need you to bring balance to my life. Can't do it on my own. I can't find that peace. So put your life in God's hands. He's got the whole world in his hands. He wants to have you in his hands. But you got to make that choice. You know, if I were to hold a basketball... 
that basketball in my hands is worth about $20. But you put that same basketball in the hands of Michael Jordan, it's worth about $33 million. If you, um, if you have a, if your child, one of your kids has, has a slingshot, it's just a toy. But you put that same slingshot in the hands of David, who slayed the giant, that toy is now a weapon. When you take two fish and five loaves, and you have that, that is a lunch. You put that in the hands of Jesus, it could feed thousands of people in his hands. When you have, if you just give me some nails in my hands, I can maybe make a, make a, a birdhouse or something. I probably mess it up. But you put nails in, in the hands of Jesus, he could bring salvation by the cross. So my point is this. Your life in your hands is not worth near of your life in the hands of God. God wants your life. God wants to bring value to, to your life. God wants to bring balance to your life. God wants to bring healing to your life because there are people here today who could be living a life in certain areas of your life are just not healthy right now. And the reason they're not healthy, they're out of balance. God wants to bring balance to your life. Would you put your life into his hands?